Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 129 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast, brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotics. I'm Dana. And I'm Tiffany, and we'll be your hosts for today. Yes, we will. Today we are talking with epigenetics pioneer, author, and naturopathic doctor, the one, the only, the fabulous Dr. Ben Lynch. We are really excited. He is the pioneer in this field, and there is so much about it that uh, thyroid patients don't know in layman's terms, and we plan to talk to him all about it. Right. We are just just chatting. Before we get started, though, uh, we would love to thank our sponsor, ThriveProbiotic.com. Very different than your usual probiotic. It is spore-based, actually verified to survive gastric acid, gluten, dairy, sugar-free, non-GMO, and has some amazing studies that actually have shown, uh, proven it to reduce endotoxins, triglycerides, and symptoms of leaky gut. So we would love it if you would check out our amazing sponsor, thriveprobiotic.com. And we'll be having Kieran on again. Karan, Kieran, I don't know how he says it. I forget every time. Uh, soon, uh, we will be talking to him uh, again about gut health. So really excited. That was a fabulous show. We love Thrive Probiotics. So check him out. And also really quick before we get to uh, Dr. Ben Lynch, just wanted to mention I am launching Thyroid Refresh with my amazing partner, Jenny Mahar. ThyroidRefresh.com is coming out in a few weeks. We're so excited. It's your living, breathing, beautiful lifestyle thyroid magazine. Yes, positive, inspiring, (laughs) informative. And then after that, we'll be launching a revolutionary product that is one of a kind about a month after that. So we're really, really excited to bring this to market. So check that out. Okay. Without further ado, Without further ado, let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning, Dr. Lynch. How are you? Good morning. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. You have so much exciting stuff going on, this amazing book. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. uh, Yeah. Thank you. It's a bit uh, bit surreal at the moment, but I'm enjoying the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know you have... The most amazing story ever. World traveler. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> so, I was reading your, your bio again. I I read it not too long ago, and then I'd forgotten, evidently, because I went back and I was like, he did that and he did that. I didn't know all that. I mean, seriously, you're kind of a world traveler. Yeah, there's a, a friend of mine, they called me Ben Deanna Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a good perfect. one. It is. Yeah. That's funny. I, well, I, we, I love love adventure. I we can tell. So I, for the listeners, uh, Doctor Ben, that have not read that, we always love to to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about your journey and and how you got involved in health. I mean, you have you have quite the resume there in that. So um, tell us a little bit more, please. Yeah, we'll do. So basically, I had some itchy feet, and I. After I finished my junior year in college, I decided to uproot and leave the university and travel abroad for a year. And my parents were 
amazingly supportive of it as long as you go back to finish school. Um, and uh, so on those travels, I had many, many amazing experiences. I mean, I traveled for about 11 months, uh, a bit longer. And uh, I, you know, I got the privilege of uh, living with a, a village family way out in the middle of nowhere in some remote islands in Fiji. And that was exceptional. And then I uh, was able to work in the one and a half million acre uh, cattle ranch in Outback Australia. And I was able to be in a yacht race from Northern Australia to Indonesia. And we got in a white squall and the boat tipped over. And thankfully I didn't fall out. Um, That was scary. Uh, And then, you know, multiple other experiences like working with Mother Teresa was and her sisters in, in Calcutta was phenomenal, um, uh, disturbing, but phenomenal, uh, rewarding. Um, and then when I got sick in India, I, I had nowhere to go. I was super ill, and then I, I was uh, helped out by an East Indian that I met while traveling in, in Jaipur, and, and uh, he goes, oh, you know, I'll take you to the doctor, and so I went to this doctor and he, he felt my pulse and looked at my tongue and then he started writing in Hindi what I needed. I was like, well, you didn't even do anything. Uh, <laughs> so he, and he gave me a bunch of herbs and weird stuff uh, and, and I took them and within 30 minutes I felt significantly better and I said, what was that thing? Because that was Ayurveda. So that was my path to the natural medicine. That was my first experience ever of taking herbs. And I was impressed. I grew up in a conventional family. I took medicine, flagell, antibiotics all the time. And, you know, I, it was just the standard. And that was, that was an eye opener for me. Well, if you're going to come to um, natural medicine, what a way to do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it doesn't really get any better than that. You know, you have this, strange ailment and you have this medicine man so to speak um give you some herbs and you feel better what 30 minutes later and that's it i mean and you're you know far away from home it's just it's kind of an amazing fabulous story yeah and there was there was a a very unsuspecting camel just outside where i the guy was preparing the herbs for me and i i vomited right next to him and he didn't like it too much or she but, you know, at least they didn't spit or kick me. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when are you going to write a book time. on Dr. Ben's travels? Or Ben Deanna well, Jones. <laughs> ben Deanna Jones. That's the title. Right, we've got your title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was recommended to me when I came back. I had all these stories, and there's this, this woman who wrote for someone, and I forget, it was some magazine, and she goes, you've got to put this in writing. She goes, you've got too you many amazing to. stories. Yeah, it was fun. I I agree. When I was reading your bio, I was just like, this is amazing. I want to hear more about each one of these, you know, individual accounts that you had on there. So I'm all for the Bandiana Jones. I think that would be an awesome book, too. I do, too. And also, your time in Russia. I'm like, more, more. I'm like, I want more. Yeah, that that was... uh... Every time I go to Russia, there's something. And I've been to Russia, I don't know how many times, six or seven times now. And, you know, I I fortunately met, uh, you know, the woman who I'm married to now. And, and uh, we've been married now for 17 years. And we go over there frequently. And it's a, it's a great country. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a different feeling when you leave the earth, you know, the soil of, 
of America and you step foot in Russia where I go. It's very remote and no one there speaks English. And you, you know, I, my Russian isn't, it's not great, but I get by and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a great experience living out there in the cabin, uh, and outhouses and saunas that are made out of logs and moss and, and, uh, you know, well water that's brought up with a bucket and growing your own food. It's, it's, it's neat. Sounds like, you know, the history lesson 101. I just, I'm fascinated by all of it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's our roots. You know, we we forget our roots and where we actually came from because we live in buildings and drive cars and have light bulbs and all these things. And when you're pulled out of that and you go back to civilization, you know, as it used to be, it's, you amazingly adapt very quickly and it's, it's very rewarding and you, you get your circadian rhythm back, you get your health back, you get your, you know, your vitality and your energy back. And all you're doing is connecting more with nature and eating what nature provides you. And, and that's it. And it's, it's exceptional. I always say to my friends and family, I think I could live in a teepee. I really do. Uh, put me in the woods or put me somewhere and I could live in a teepee, except for the whole internet thing. As long as I could bring my internet, you know, every now and again, I think I'd be set. There you go. I do like to learn, and that's what the easiest way is to jump on the internet. You can search anything. I mean, unless I could that's bring true. a million books or something, whatever, it would just uh, the internet would be the one thing I would miss. I think. Yeah. Maybe bathtubs. I hear you. Other than that. <laughs> I think it'd be an amazing journey, just uh, or not even a journey, but. A cyclical thing to do 30 days unplugged in a in a remote environment mm-hmm. like that like you said getting your circadian rhythm back remembering what it feels like to live without technology and electronics i think that in and of itself would do enormous strides for for health <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. that's just my personal opinion i mean can't you imagine a doctor writing a prescription you know go to russia <laughs> and you know that's what you have to do for the next month and you'll be fine right <laughs> Yeah, well, they 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 kind of did in the movie. What about Bob? Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they have did. You, have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to giggle. One of your, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember which article it was, but in one of your amazing articles, you said, uh, you know, there are sometimes I will look at people and go, uh, the single greatest thing you can do for your health is move. Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's told me that. That's, you, that's, heard, you heard Dr. Ben say that. That's right. Move. I just told somebody that you said that. So I hope you didn't yeah. say it because I'm quoting it too. I did. I did. And I and I learned that from uh, Dr. Bill Ray, uh, who's the leading environmental medicine doc in the world and the Environmental Health Center Dallas. And I was there uh, studying with him, um, not with him, under him. And uh, he had case after case come in from patients all over the world, and they were super ill. And, you know, he just looked at me one day when the patient stepped out, and he goes, you know, sometimes you just have to tell these folks that the, the best treatment is to move. And he goes, that, there's no way out of it. Sometimes you have to abandon everything in your home, everything, and take nothing because it's got mold or some type of bacteria or something that right. they cannot expose themselves to. They basically walk out of their home naked and relocate and move to a, a cleaner zip code. And there's a fantastic website that I 
that I mentioned in the book, Dirty Jeans, so people can have it, but it's also uh, freely available on the internet. It's called Scorecard. It's oh, scorecard.org. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. Scary, right? Yeah, tell us. Yeah, it scared me. <laughs> Tiffany told me all about it after she said that you told us to move. So here I am on Scorecard, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great because I live in Colorado Springs, and it's so beautiful, and mountains and stuff, and eh. <laughs> it wasn't what I was yeah. thinking it was going to be. <laughs> right. It's, it's everywhere. And so what Scorecard.org does is, you know, it's, it's they don't keep the records as, you know, current anymore, but it's enough information to – be dangerous, right? And, and right. so you, what you do is you go to scorecard.org and you enter in your zip code of where you are currently living or where you were living when you got sick. So this is a key point. So if you were, you know, say you were living and you're fine and then, you know, you, after a few years you got sick, okay, you use that zip code. But then let's say you were living in a certain area for a long time and you got sick and then you moved and you were feeling a bit better, but you're still sick, you look back to that zip code. So you go back to the zip code of where you got sick and look at all the other zip codes where you lived, and you look at the top chemicals that are in your area, and they tell you. And so then you look at the top chemicals and you write them down, and then you do a little bit of research. What do these chemicals do? And they tell you on scorecard what they do, and then you figure out how they come out. And ladies, what affects the thyroid very significantly mm. chemicals Toxins. right mm-hmm. <laughs> so many things but so. yes <laughs> wow you just, you just laid out my my map there but um yeah. it, it is an amazing and i was really surprised you know my my husband was like well geez let's let's start you know googling a couple or you know doing a couple inputting a couple other zip codes and stuff like that and i was really surprised at some of the places you know, even Hawaii, I, I was really surprised. He goes, well, what about Hawaii? Because my husband loves Hawaii. And uh, I was surprised at a lot of the zip codes that I put in and, and places that you would expect it to be a little bit more toxic actually weren't as toxic as places that you thought would be completely non-toxic. I mean, it was it was really very fascinating. It's a, it's a fascinating website. So I was super grateful for that scorecard information. Yeah, and, and just to share a, a quick story from that, I mean, I, I solved many a patient riddle using scorecard and finding out the main exposures. And I had this uh, one lady who was struggling with severe panic attacks every now and then, and she just it just was overriding her, and she was it was getting worse and worse, and it started uh, many years prior. And so she said, "Do genetics even influence?" how I am or is this a bunch of nonsense? I looked at her genes and yeah, she definitely had genes, but predisposed her to anxiety. But then I, I got her zip codes of where she lived and where she was currently was the worst that she had ever been. And she had lived there before and it was the worst she'd ever been. So I typed in her zip code and the number one pollutant was xylene. And then I, wow. I said, okay. And then you can, then you can rank your County according to the rest of the nation and see how bad you are. She was number one in the nation. Oh, my gosh. Number one. And then you look at xylene and it's like, what to do? Well, it's a, basically a brain toxin. It's a brain chemical. So it, it causes anxiety in people. So I said, you need to go to the doctor and you need to test your xylene levels and you need to support these. And, uh, and you need to filter your air 
and you know close the windows. Uh, so, yeah, it's oil refineries. Oil refineries are major producers of, of xylene. Wow. Right. Oh my gosh, that's just that's crazy. Here I come. That's stuff people wouldn't I'm even think about. <laughs> getting in my teepee. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. That's right. I'm out of here. You know? Yeah, they, they, you know, people, I, you know, I specialize in environmental medicine. I start talking with people and they just look at me with these disgusted eyes. And they're like, God, you just ruin everything talking to you. You know, everything is bad and toxic and sick and geez, what, what am I supposed to do here? And I just kind of sweat, sweat, filter your air, filter your water, you know, ignore everything I say, but at least do that. There are so oh many God. people that that appreciate that, though. You know, uh, I can't tell you. I mean, just the information that you provide is is amazing. So let's jump into the book because I'm sure there's listeners that are like, "Oh my gosh, we can't get enough of this man." And uh, first of all, Dana and I want to say everybody should get this book if you uh, feel that genetics uh, is something that you want to dive into. This book is amazing, amazing, amazing. It's a guideline. It's just, it's a no-brainer. you got to get it. So tell us, Dr. Ben, how you got to this book. What, what was the passion behind, I've got to put this together, this guide for people? Well, what my passion there was, was everyone was, you know, they're really gripped by genetics that they find in their report. They're gripped by uh, how it can influence their behaviors and their, their suspected illnesses and their conditions and symptoms. But the problem was, is I, and I was doing it too, is you get your genetic test back and you go down rabbit holes and you right. say, oh, I've emptied your far. That's definitely contributing to my thyroid problems and my other problems, and you find out you have your COMT, and you're like, oh, that's really contributing to my stress and anxiety, my estrogen dominance. And then they say, okay, well, I need to fix those two genes. And that's where everything just falls apart. And it's great to know that you have NTGFR. It's very useful and informative. It's great to know that you have a variance or a slight you know, variation in how your COMT gene works. You know, it's born differently than the majority of the population. And that's great to know. The problem is there's all these there's just massive amounts of conflicting information out there, and a lot of it is based upon merely supplementation. And so everyone that's trying to say supplement plus gene problem equals solution. And I tried that in the very beginning with MTGFR, and it worked sometimes, but the majority of times, you know, it didn't. And so I, I quickly, well, not quickly, I then realized that the, really the best way to support people's genes is not one at a time, but you have to, you have to support the whole system. You have, to, you have to live by the basic principles, what I define as the naturopathic principles, because I'm a naturopathic physician. And, you know, you have to utilize nature in your life and experience it, and you need to provide your body what it wants. And you have to understand how your body is functioning rather than fighting it and suppressing it. You know, if you have a thyroid condition, it's your body adjusting on your behalf. It's not because you're, you're trying to, you know, it's trying to make you sick and there's genes that are trying to make you sick. So basically, Dirty Genes was written to really help people understand where to start 
and also give them the empowerment to be able to support not only the seven genes that I talk about in the book, but all of them. And if you clean up the seven genes, as I discussed in the book, you're basically cleaning up every single other gene in your body as well. And that's, that's really powerful in how it was laid out and, you know, it's working. I mean, people are, are getting tremendous results from it. I love how in the book you refer to genes uh, writing a document, writing their document, and it's just such an easy way to understand things. It's one of my favorite terms that you use because, you know, I'm not doctor medically inclined and uh, didn't do all the research in school that you did. So it really did kind of resonate with me. You know, you're talking about rebuilding your skin and and your genes are always telling your body that. It's such a good uh, metaphor, I guess, and I just wanted you to know. I thought it was a a great way to spell that out for people. Yeah, thank you. And I have to give the credit to uh, my writer who came up with that one. That was Rachel Krantz. You know, Rachel was a phenomenal writer, and I I would write all these chapters and send it to her, and actually we did one at a time. And uh, she'd say, okay, got it, and she'd come back with, with some edits and so on. And sometimes I would send her a chapter, and then she goes, she literally called me and, and almost scream at me like, Ben, you lost me. I'm confused. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so she, and then we would discuss it and she's like, Oh, okay, great. And she goes, it's kind of like you're working on a document and you can modify the document. You can edit it. You can cut, copy, paste. You can, you know, type different words and save it to the cloud and access it. And it's like, yeah, that's great. So that was all her. And uh, so she's, she's brilliant. Yeah, it's a great relationship. Okay, great. A good shout out for her, right? How great. I love Definitely. that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the way, I just want to go back, uh, Dr. Ben. I love the way you say if you're having a thyroid problem, your body is actually adjusting on your behalf. That yeah. simple statement alone is huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have to yes. we have to understand why the body is doing that. We can't just trumpet with a medication and say, "Okay, everything's going to be great." You know, the body is adjusting on your behalf. That's a profound statement. Maybe it's just me, but I'm like that. That is just so true. When people are trying to figure out their thyroid problem, I mean, my gosh, we have our own rabbit holes in the thyroid and thyroid conditions. You know, where you're like, oh, "I'm so overwhelmed." You know. But literally, like when you sit down and you stop and you say, my body is literally adjusting, it's slowing everything down on purpose because something is happening and this is what my body has to do. Yes, it is. It is very profound. And it's, it, you know, when I, when I hear you comment back to me, it's, you know, it's, it's also really beautiful and it's also really empowering and it also removes the I'm broken feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you shouldn't feel broken because you're struggling from a thyroid disorder. You should say, okay, my thyroid is working this way. Why is it doing that? And how do I adjust my behaviors and my choices in life so I can get it to work a bit faster or slower, however you need it to move? And it's, it's really, it puts, it shines a light on a different perspective. And what it does is it shines light back onto you again because you have choices and you have to make a choice and those choices affect your genes. 
And look, every symptom that you have in your body, every single one, hands down, all of them are a result of your genes. Mm-hmm. All of them. We forget that. We, for, we forget that our thyroid has tons of different genes in there, and they all have jobs to do. And if you are, you know, living in an area that you find on a scorecard that is high in chemicals, all those chemicals, you're breathing them in, you get in your blood, and your blood, your thyroid's super sensitive. It's super sensitive, and so is your brain, and so are your cells where your thyroid hormones hit. And so everything that is going on in your body is a result of genetic expression, which is really cool. And a lot of those genes you're in control of. And the, there's a great paper that I invite your, your, your listeners to, to write down. And so you, you go to Google and you type cell danger response, PDF. So you type cell danger response, PDF, and you're like, well, what is that? What's cell danger? And cell danger is your body's response to danger. And so imagine that you wake up in the morning and your job is to prepare food for the kids so they can go and get to school and that's your role for the morning, Right. But all of a sudden, you wake up and you see the floor is covered with water, right? Your washing machine broke and the hose is spraying everywhere. Well, your role that morning was to take care of the kids, but you were interrupted by a flooding dishwasher. So if your thyroid's job is to stimulate, you know, is to take your TSH and, you know, take your T4 and make some T3 and run around and provide you thyroid hormones so you can function, well, if your body is flooded, your thyroid is going to say, well, I'm going to slow down a little bit to deal with the mess. And that's what it does. And so it has to deal with the mess and has to slow down your metabolism in order to do that. You know, when you say that, Dr. Ben, every time it, it just floors me that, you know, we love integrative medicine, but for, you know, I would say a healthy, I'm going out on a limb here and say 80% of the patients that are out there are not seeing an integrative physician or a naturopath. And so when you think about you walk in there, you're diagnosed with, you know, a lot of times you're just diagnosed with a TSH issue or or a T4 issue, and they add medication. And when I think, every time I think about that, I'm so overwhelmed because you think about putting the gas pedal on something that, that really needs no gas, like in order to heal, you have to literally remove the gasoline and slow it down. It's, mm-hmm. That's just to me so overwhelming to think of, of the people who are in a situation with their thyroid that go in there and they're, they're you know, diagnosed hypothyroid and they get added medication when you know, really in their best interest that probably should not be done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. overwhelming to me, you know, to think about that. It is. I mean, I wish... how many millions of people, right? Right, right. And it's, yeah. after doing this show for, for three years, three and some years, being fortunate enough to, to speak to people like you and amazing physicians that get it, it just blows my mind that, that it mm-hmm. still is done. <laughs> Honestly. It, it's changing. Well, you know? and it is changing. It is changing. It is changing. It is, and one of the it things I was just going to jump I mean, in and say is is that not only that, but it's like people don't get it. 
like I didn't get it. It took me years to get to this place where I now I feel like I'm awake and I understand things a lot differently. Uh, but not just the doctor saying, here, pop a pill. Um, I think, as you said in the book, popping a pill or supplement doesn't fix anything. It just tells your genes to shut up. I mean, if we could just mm. post that everywhere in all the doctor's offices, I think that would really help. Right? Yeah, I love that line. Yeah, that one was me. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there are times when the thyroid definitely needs support, you know, and you've got to, you've got to put out the fire with medications. I mean, if you're pregnant right. and sure. you, you're diagnosed Absolutely. with hypothyroidism, you support it, you know, and, and your child, you got, you got to, you know, as you're looking for the causes, you can be put on thyroid meds as you're looking for the causes. If if it's really needed, you know, if you're just kind of tired and it's, you, you know, you're going through life and you're just kind of tired and you find out you're, you know, you're a bit hypothyroid, you know, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't because ladies, how many times have you heard from people they're put on thyroid meds and they feel actually worse? Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a lot, yeah, absolutely. A, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but and then I for some like Ep- Epstein-Barr, Epstein-Barr is mm. a great example of that, you know, where, to kind of get through that situation, people go on thyroid medication and they instantly feel so much better. They're like, oh, my God, okay, I can, I can get through the day now. And then what's amazing is as, that, as the Epstein-Barr, you know, an active Epstein-Barr, as that tapers off, the need for medication becomes less and less and less. And, and that's why, and why you know. That's a cell danger response. Your body's right. fighting an infection. And so what happens is and this is this was Robert Navio's work, Dr. Navio's work with this paper, is he said, look, you know, not all thyroid conditions are, are a response to cell danger, but a lot of them are. And so if you have an infection, the body wants to increase free radicals, right? To kill them. Right. And mm-hmm. so our body will make hydrogen peroxide, it'll make superoxide, it'll make peroxynitrate and hydroxyl groups to go around and kill these these infections. In order to take those uh, compounds that are damaging and react, they're called reactive oxygen species. It needs oxygen to do that. So the body needs oxygen to turn it into firepower to kill pathogens and to signal the immune system to get to work. But if your oxygen is being utilized to now make all these weapons against infections, that oxygen cannot be used by your mitochondria to make energy. You can't, you can't chase two rabbits, right. as they say in the One Thing book. You know, you, your body can't chase two rabbits. You're going to have some oxygen that goes to ATP and give you some energy, but you're going to have a lot of that oxygen going, being diverted to fight the infection. So there's many, many people who have been living a life that they know they're working too hard, they're so busy serving others, women especially, with their kids and their husbands and their work and you know, everyone gets served except for them. And so now they get totally depleted, trashed, and then they wonder why their thyroids are, are a mess. And okay. it's, you know, they got to serve themselves too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like reel you back in and go back to the beginning. For people that are listening, Dr. Ben, that have not run their genetics yet, 
where do you tell these people to start? Do you have a favorite genetic testing? Uh, do you recommend that genetic testing be done prior to your book? Can you tell people like some, you know, start at, at, at A? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic question. So, you know, here's, here's my thoughts on genetic testing first. I'll, I'll start with this. Is I would love, we love if, that. Yeah. So if, if you, if you've really, I mean, the, the comment I've tried everything is, is used a lot. And if you're still struggling, you haven't tried everything. There are doctors, maybe if you're trying conventional medicine, trying everything that, that they have, there's very few tools. They have surgeries, diagnostic tests, which frankly, most of them stink and medication. Mm. That's, that's it. There's, that's their tool chest. That's mm. it. They got like three tools in their chest. You go to an integrative physician, functional or naturopathic, Man, I mean, they lay out all sorts of tools that you've never right. seen before, and you're blown away, right? right? So they have an arsenal. Don't say right. that, yeah, big time, and uh, which support the body, not harm it. And so, in terms of genetic testing, I actually encourage people not to do genetic testing. And Dirty Genes, the book, does not have any requirements for genetic testing. My publisher, when I, when I was on the phone with them, they said, look, we do not want a book that requires people to have genetic testing done. You need to figure out a way that the book can be useful without the need of genetic testing. I said, perfect. I don't want them to do it anyway. I can do that. They said, really? I said, yes. And so if you order genetic testing, and if you have already, that's fine, but you still need to go back and do the basics and the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are your mindset, your air, the air that you breathe, are you breathing properly, the food that you're eating, and we all know where that goes, and the lifestyle that you're leading, and we know what that means, and the environment that you're around and in. And those, those are the main fundamentals that everyone needs to do. And if you're not practicing those fundamentals at a healthy level, then it doesn't matter what supplement you're doing or what medication you're doing. Typically, uh, your genes are still very, you know, if, if, uh, you know, let's, let's give an example here. If, uh, let's say I, my computer, let's see, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on an example, so I'll just skip it. <laughs> Sounds good. You'll come back to yeah. it. You'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> but that, so, would that, would that help? That makes sense? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That's yeah. exactly where I was that's exactly what I was hoping for. So now we yeah. have the, the the advice that you give to people who have done their genetics, right? That are completely glazed over looking at it. They're going <laughs> down all of these rabbit holes, right? They're mm. they're grateful that they've done it, okay? But they just don't even know where to start. So no. how do they take that genetic information and reduce the confusion and use that information to be better? I mean, obviously, ideally, you're, you're able to take that information to a physician who can un- understand it and interpret it and be like, yes, this is, this is helpful. This is what we're going to do. Dana just recently went with a doctor who is, who is grateful for the genetic information. That's, that is the ideal situation. But for those who do not have that physician, do you tell them, okay, put down the genetics, 
Just put it in a drawer. Away. Step away yes. from step the genetics. away from the document. <laughs> yes, that's right. What is some helpful that's advice right. for the people who have run it and are just like, oh my god? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a simple curveball here. Throw the curveball. Read dirty jeans. Read dirty jeans. Of course, that's the I mean, no-brainer. I'm, I'm not. I mean, that's <laughs> I'm not gonna leave them hanging with that. But really, that is going to put the confusion In to bed. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. And it's going to empower you. It's going to excite you. And, but I will, I will give you some insights right now. So if you've, if you've run that genetic test, great. Just know that those, those greens, reds, and, and yellows that you see on there, right, those Variations right. that, oh, my God, I've got MC Jabbar and it's red, <laughs> or I've got Tom Teen and it's right. red, and uh-huh. we have this fear response. You're different. That's all. You're, just, you're slightly different than the typical person who does not have those. But I will tell you that they're super common. Don't be scared that you have those reds and yellows. And those reds and yellows, if, if you, you don't understand what we're talking about, that basically means that you have a slightly varied function of how your gene is working. It's not working how it, the standard population has it. It's slightly different. That's all. It's either working faster or slower. Those are your two options. And so know that you're not doomed. If you have MTHFR like I do, and my gene is slowed down by 70%, which means I have 30% capacity for it to function, if I drink alcohol – my MTHFR gene tells me, man, you, really, you drank alcohol, and I'm going to make your next day not so good. <laughs> so I could, I could supplement my way out of it. In fact, one of my first supplements that I was ever going to make was a supplement to help people get over their hangovers. And oh. then I read a study that said if uh, people do not get hangovers, they tend to become alcoholic because there's no punishment. And so Ooh. I never made the supplement. Oh, I never made the supplement. Yeah. That's smart. So good thinking. Yeah, I was like, I can't I couldn't live. <laughs> can't with in good conscience. <laughs> I can't in good yeah. conscience do that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because they need to learn and they need trumping to go through the body. It. it really is right. trumping the body's response. Right. And, and right. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> that's what it, there's, respectable, there's two, Dr. Ben. That's totally respectable. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, my own selfish requirements too. I wouldn't be able to live with myself every day. I did that. There's two main things that I shared there. One is what a lot of people are doing. They get their genetic test back, and they they find out they have an MTHFR. They drink alcohol. They said, "Oh, if I take methylfolate, I'll be fine." And they take methylfolate, which is a supplement, one of the supplements that you can take to support that gene. And they feel better, and then they can they can actually drink more. And that's that's great, you know. But what did I do? I didn't supplement my way to drinking. I just said I'm going to avoid it. So the the best thing to do for your genes is to not make them work so hard, because in essence, genes work. That's what they do. So if you give your genes a ton of jobs to do, you know, if if you dirty the house really fast and you got ten kids coming over and they're wreaking mess, right? That's your house is going to get dirty a lot faster. So if you're drinking alcohol, staying up late, having relationships that are not supportive, 
and sucking down car exhaust because you want to go exercise and the only place you exercise is, is downtown in the heart of the city and you're sucking down all that carbon monoxide, you know, your genes have to deal with all of that. So don't think that you swallow a food or you inhale something and it just magically does what it does. We just, we, we're so unconscious about our actions, but your genes are picking up all the work that your choices are making. So either you make choices that are supportive for your genes or you make choices that are hard work for your genes. And as long as you live a life that's 80% supportive of your genes and 20% you pounding them and you say, hey, get to work here, I'm going to stay up late and work on this book, or I'm going to party with my friends all night, that's fine. Do it. Enjoy it. But, you know, don't do it 80% of the time. Do it 20% of the time. I think, I think that's – go ahead, Dana. It's scary to think what it might take to make the world slow down. You know, I was thinking I had a friend who told me that in Germany, the doctors, now this could, you know, just be her story, but she told me that the doctors there really do prescribe, like I was mentioning earlier. You know, you go to the doctor and and they say, okay, well, you need to eat better and you need to sleep more and you need to breathe and you need to get outside in nature and then come back and see me in two weeks or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. Are people really going to, I mean, what, what's it going to take? It's scary to think No. what it's going no, to take to make people slow down. They just really need to slow down. I mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a very valid point. And it's, it's one that people need to heed because you yourself said uh, a few moments ago that you were struggling with the thyroid things and it, it took you basically to get a bat on the head to change your actions. Right. Did I hear that mm-hmm. properly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so, but, but the <laughs> but the thing is, what ultimately I'm guessing here, there's there's two there's two ways we change. There's we avoid pain or we seek pleasure. But I say there's actually a hmm. maybe even a third one, and that's we understand. Mm. We understand or we experience, and I you know because we always talk about pain and pleasure, but I think understanding. It allows people to say, oh, so if I breathe in and I suck in a bunch of chemicals, those chemicals then are interfering with my genes. And if those genes are are dealing with the chemicals, they cannot make my thyroid work as well as they need to. So if I take thyroid medications and I'm still breathing dirty air, it doesn't matter because the genes that are helping my thyroid are still busy with the dirty air and the thyroid medication, and I'm, which I'm currently taking now anyway, isn't really working. So if I clean up my air, I'll feel better. So what do they do? They get it. They're not mm-hmm. seeking pain. They're not seeking pleasure. They understand. And then mm-hmm. they say, okay, I'm going to go clean up the air in my home because, you know, we worry about the skincare that we put on, and we should, the sunscreens mm-hmm. and, you know, all that. But we breathe like 11,000 liters of air a day. How many chemicals is in our every breath. My God. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta really pay attention to these things. And in dirty genes, you understand the basic mechanisms and the actions that you do on your daily life down to the genetic level, which is really cool and empowering because once you understand, then you can either take the initiative and change. And will everyone change? No. No, absolutely not. 
but the people who enjoy, like you said, if you, you could go back a hundred years and, and live in a, you know, as a pioneer, as long as you have your internet, you know, but that, that tells me that you're a driven person and you like to seek knowledge so you can improve and continually optimize yourself and mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Right. Not yep. everyone's like that. So, you know, it, I, I will tell you now, if, if you do a genetic test now and you, and you, you try to supplement your way out of any sickness, uh, it's going to fail. And I love Dr. Nandy's, Bartha Nandy's book. Um, you know, he was in the 30 Teen Summit and, and he was on day one. And, and uh, he, he shared that in his first chapter in the book, the, the best way to become a health hero is to have a purpose, live with purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you nailed it. Yeah. I just got goosebumps. That was good. Okay. You know, I keep, this is this is terrible, but I I have to share it with you guys. I keep having this image in my head of the coils on a refrigerator. <laughs> you know, like when your refrigerator when your coils are dirty, the refrigerator won't cool. It can't work. And then all you got to do is yep. clean them off. You know, vacuum them, brush that. them with a little brush, and vacuum them, and all of a sudden it cools again. <laughs> it's clean. It's like cleaning your the coils on the refrigerator. It's gonna everything's gonna drop down and not work so efficiently. But if you just clean it, then all of a sudden it, it's running and and cooling and working just fine. I mean, it's That's such a, a simple, example. it's such a simple image. But for some reason, it just keeps coming to my head like the coils on a refrigerator. How many people uh, so, know their genes do work? How many people that know again? that their genes do work? How many people understand that their genes do work and the work that their genes do are a result of their actions? How many people know that? Oh my gosh! Uh, I would have to say, not not very many. Not very I would many. think it's a yeah. it's a small very it's a very small low few. percentage. Right. And well, I think it's changing. so it's so yeah. important. You know, like you said, when you get this report and you have all of these things, and but that doesn't mean that they're there. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to happen. The goal from that information is to not have it be expressed. So now you have all of this information that says these are your challenges. This is this is where you are potentially most challenged. So what are you going to do to to make the body more efficient at not expressing those? It, it's it's yeah. powerful information. I mean, it really is. Yeah. So, you know, you you put your shoes on in the morning, and you're tying you you look at your laces, and you find out that your left shoelace that you're just about to tug on is halfway chewed on by your dog. Right. There's, there's not much left. And you, know if you, and you know, if you pull on that lace hard, it's going to snap. Right. And then you won't yep. be able to tie your shoe. So what do you do? You don't pull on it so hard. You mm-hmm. tie your shoe a little bit more gingerly, but you can still tie your shoe. Your genes mm-hmm. are the same way. Some of us are born with a gene that doesn't work as well as it, as someone else's. And some of our other genes work better than someone else's. We all have genetic issues, every single one of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And as long as you know where the wink link is, as Tom O'Brien says, don't pull on it so hard. Right. So when you understand <laughs> where your weak links are and then you do a life choice and you know that you have a weak link, that your choice will affect that, then you don't pull on it so hard. You don't, you don't drink a bunch of alcohol. Like for me, I cannot drink a bunch of alcohol. So I basically don't drink. I have basically drink every three months. And right. when I do, I was like, I wake up the next morning. You have morning, to have it with a meal. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, what did I do that for? So you yeah. can't you so can't just, arrive at a party and someone just hand you the beer. You're like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll wait for the barbecue. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> I'll yeah. wait till we're eating. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I might hold it. Yeah. I might hold it forever. Yeah. And then people look at it to change it out, and they're like, oh my gosh, you haven't even touched this. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just going slow or whatever. And then you know, <laughs> once I eat, then I'm ready to go. But yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, for it's just amazing. And I think genetics can can provide in a, in a medical setting, you know, for example, for people who don't take medications, you know, they'll say, well, I, I don't take medications. So, you know, and you're like, well, I don't know, but if you're in a car accident, I'm pretty sure that, you know, you're going to have a, a, some usage of some pharmaceuticals in there. Genetics can be super helpful. Mm-hmm. Also, Dr. Ben, yes, right. And telling us medications that may be, may be functional for our genetics and, and medications or pharmaceuticals that may not. Would that be a fair statement? Oh, that's a major statement. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's there's uh, tests out there now that you can order to see if a medication is actually going to make you worse. Um, you know, like these blood thinner drugs, you know, warfarin. Right. And uh, you go to the hospital, and let's say you get a clot or something, and or they find out you have a gene uh, that's going to really increase your clots, and and uh, so the doctor says, well, we're going to put you on warfarin. But nowadays what's this becoming standard of practice to see how your warfarin metabolizing genes are. And if you have a fast uh, warfarin, you know, eating gene, then they'll give you more. If you have a slow warfarin gene, they give you less because if they give you too much, they kill you. And so they, they look at how these genes are, you know, utilizing warfarin and that's becoming standard of practice, which is really cool. They also need to do the same things for Tylenol which is right. killing people's livers yes. left and right or and causing friend, autism right? in our kids. Yeah. Right. Right. And then we've got, uh, you know, fluoroquinolones, which are destroying people's mitochondria and making them bedridden for, you know, 20, 30, the rest of their you know years or the rest of their lives. And, you know, reversing fluoroquinolone toxicity is, is tough, very tough. And, um, and know, Dr. So ben, fluor- just, just can you name a couple of fluoroquinolones for people that, uh, might be some popular ones, just so that so some you know just some <laughs> ears know. can perk up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So right. what, what is Cipro, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cipro and it's and, unfortunately and, uh, so commonly used in people with uh, long-term lung issues, and that's a big problem for certain genetics. Yep. I took it when right. I was pregnant. My doctor gave it to me when I was pregnant, and it just oh my gosh, it really hurts my heart. Just even saying it, right. I don't even want to right. admit because I had no idea. And yeah, yeah I took that's not your fault. No, that's but it's and, and even yeah. awful. Right. Right. No, I hear, awful. I hear you. And a depressant yeah. is another one, right, for certain people uh, with yes, certain genetics that that it takes that this may be helpful to. Oh yeah, we really shouldn't do that. <laughs> this yes. is not a good candidate. For that, yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. We're we're yeah, hoping so, that everybody goes the you know the natural route first, but you know, for the people listening out there that are taking Paxil and they have a thyroid problem and all these different things, there actually is information in your genetics that that may, you know, um, that may make you think about taking those things for your genetics. I I don't know, Doctor Ben, I could be a genetic uh, salesperson at this point in my life <laughs> without yeah. getting into anything personally. The answers that came from that, and and the the knowledge from your book, 
honestly, without getting into anything personal, for me was life changing. Awesome. It, it was. It really was. I'm a big awesome. fan. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm that's, a big fan. You know, that's why I keep going. And you know, yesterday I was at a book signing, and and uh, it was a lot of fun when you when you meet the people that your work impacts. And uh, this this man comes up to me after, and and uh, he gets on his knees because he you know he's he's very uh, low spoken, and uh, I was sitting at the table, and so he he's uh, he goes, I just just want to thank you. And uh, I said, yeah, well, you're welcome. He goes, no, no, really. He goes, have you ever seen the movie The Awakenings? Awakenings? And I said, yeah, I have. You know, where the, the people basically were trapped in their body and they couldn't speak or do anything else. And he, right. he goes, yeah. He goes, that was me. He goes, he brought me out. So, pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. And, and mine falls more along the lines of Lorenzo's Oil. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I did see that. Yeah. Dr. Ben, did you see that movie? I have long ago. I need to see yeah. it again. Mine falls yeah. more along those lines. Things that have happened yeah. and you know, they weren't explained and, and when I got my genetics and, you know, uh, started following you and reading your blog and then getting your book, it was like I, I wanna go back honestly and, and tell people with, with rare issues that if they're not incorporating your the full scope of your genetics, they're missing the boat. Mm-hmm. For for people right. who have rare issues or really complex problems, I, I, you know the issues that that could have saved me since birth. Knowing that information it is just like profound. <laughs> so yeah. I I am just such a fan of your work, and I think that that the people that don't want to do genetics or you know even embark on that which I'm grateful for your book because, like you said, you don't need to have this done. You do not Mm -hmm. need to go out and get your genetic testing to be able to impact your genes. You can read this book and get on a right path to to cleaning those genes regardless. I mean, that's that's powerful because there's so many people that are so afraid of the genetics. Well, what if this gets into the database and what if – you know, I have some weird thing and they want to eliminate that population and whatever. You know, you know, to me, I can understand that. But mine had, you know, my drive was more from the not knowing the years and years and years of things that had happened that literally when I got my genetics went, wow, mm-hmm. there it is. The layout yeah. right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's really yeah. just such an awesome subject. And and we're just scathing the top of it. And you are a pioneer in saying, hey, listen, this book says this doesn't have to be overwhelming. You don't have to travel down those rabbit holes. You don't even have to do the doggone genetics. Just read the book. That's right. Wow, you should take exactly. her with you. <laughs> I should. I should. You should take <laughs> Tiffany with you. I'm just like, I'm, you... I already have the book, but I'm thinking maybe I need two. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it really is powerful information. Right. It is. What, what's so interesting to me is I heard you say earlier, or correct me if I'm wrong, this is not, you know, getting your genetics testing is not the end-all, be-all. It's not. Right. It's just something that you can, you know, it's another little uh, information spot, right? It's you can stop there. The story, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just a little piece of the pie. You know, you use that and you go, okay, 
you don't go down rabbit holes and you don't get afraid of the red or the green or the yellow. Like, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, there's lots of red here. What's going on? It's colorful. But um, <laughs> you don't get stuck in that. You use it as another kind of tool. You know, you're like, okay, here's, I've got this and I've got this and I've done this test and I've done this with my food and my, you know, you use all of it. But then on the other hand, it's so amazing because I'm thinking for people with rare disorders or big issues, um, how fabulous genetics can be for, you know, really helping those people that possibly couldn't be helped before. So I think it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of opposite, right? On the one hand, it's like, it's not the end all be all. And then on the other hand, for some specific people or whatever, it's like, this is the end all be all. I just, I love it. It is very fascinating. And my doctor is one of those doctors that's like, it's not the end all be all, but I'm glad you did it. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. It's helpful. It's, yeah. it's a, it, it really provides, uh, allows you to kind of reduce guessing. There's a lot of guessing in medicine. A lot of guessing and, in medicine. You know, I love that. You know, that's, yes. Uh, they, that's why they call it a practice. Where do you practice medicine? <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's <laughs> kind of scary, right? Where do you practice? <laughs> it's not well, where do you perfect people- medicine. I think that's part of, the, of the, the dissatisfaction at the moment with medicine, too, you know, is when people go, they want the doctor to look at them and go, you know, kind of like your Ayurvedic doctor did. But, you know, conventional medicine doesn't work that way. Most people don't understand that conventional medicine works to rule things out. They can't just look at you and tell you to stick out your tongue and, and this is what's wrong, go do this. They're trained to rule things out. That's the process. So, you know, it's a whole different paradigm. And when most patients go in, they say, you know, What's wrong with me? They want to walk out in one appointment and have the answers. Yes, that's right. You know what I mean? So, so that dissatisfaction, the expectation. Right, right. Exactly. It's, um, you know, it's a very unique body they're looking at. And, you know, it always makes me giggle, particularly when you read about uh, vaccinatable diseases. It always makes me giggle because... 90% of them have almost identical symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for a mm-hmm. doc, looking at that, you know what I mean? You're like, well, how do you determine the difference between any of these? Well, we sort of have to see the way things progress, and we can do initial testing and blah, blah, blah. But literally, like, it's, they're all the same. So when, when people walk in to a physician's office, essentially we all look the same. And and those genetics are like, yeah, this is a way different ball game, you know, patient A from patient B. Yeah, it's it's it's, you know, I think it was Hippocrates said, uh, treat the patient, not the disease. And you know, the person walks in, and you're right. The standard medicine is to rule things out. So that right. they ask a few questions, and they find out, and they go, oh, you have depression, or you have hypothyroid. So they put you on thyroid meds. They know nothing about your diet. They know nothing about your environment. They know nothing about your sleep. They know nothing about your digestion. They know nothing about the uh, people that surround you, and yet you have hypothyroid. But you could be hypothyroid for, you know, if, if 100 patients walked in and they all had hypothyroidism, all 100 could be different causes, every single totally. one. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep, but all of them are put on the same med, even possibly the same dose. Right. Mm. Right. But the reason why they're hypothyroid is completely different. And so that is not even looked at. And the doctors don't even think of why they're on hypothyroid. They just fix it. 
And Dr. Joseph Pizzorno, one of the founders of Bastier, uh, he shared at the, at the Dirty Zinc Summit, he said, I said, so what is naturopathic medicine? He goes, first, we have to define conventional medicine. And basically, conventional medicine uses force, and naturopathic medicine uses nurture. And, mm. you know, that we, we want to use, someone comes in with a histamine problem, we give them antihistamine. They come in with a bacterial problem, we give them antibacterial, antibiotic. They come in with, uh, you know, depression, we give them antidepressant. So everything is force. If you go to a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor, they say, you know, they ask why, and they understand that the body needs some additional tools, and the body is inherently brilliant and supportive. And so you support the body. We don't force it. We don't go counter to what it's trying to do. Because, for example, someone has a histamine reaction. They have seasonal allergies every spring, right? The blossoms come out, and they're in rice, grasses, pollinate. And they're like, oh, God, here we go. They put on antihistamine, okay? All the antihistamine does is bind to the receptors on the cell membrane to prevent the, the histamine from getting on there and signaling the release of histamine. So all the drug is doing is blocking the histamine that's in the blood from doing its job. But the histamine's still there. So you stop taking the antihistamine, bam, the histamine's still there. Why is the histamine still there? You've got to lower the histamine. So it's, it's just, it's just uh, it's bonkers. It's just really bonkers. And I love your article recently that I love the learning curve with you because you're willing to say, yeah, we thought this was kind of – I listened to you on the, on the genetic summit – and you said, yeah, we kind of thought this was the plan. And then we went, oh, you know, with MTHFR, then you have CBS over there looming. You know what I mean? And how the genes all work interactively together. And then about, I don't know what proximity, but you also talked about people that have low histamine. I have low histamine. So it's always mm-hmm. been like, oh, you don't have a histamine problem. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, this is a whole different ballgame. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's still potentially a problem, yeah. but it's sure. not necessarily the same way that someone with high histamine has the histamine problem. It's not like where conventional medicine looks at it and goes, you don't have a histamine problem. Yeah. But, but you actually right. could very well. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, in that particular testing, the way that that's tested, it doesn't show to be a problem for them. Well, I mean, what, what do we need really badly in life? Every day, every moment, that's air. We need oxygen mm-hmm. all the time. We need water all the time. We die in a few days without water, and we die quickly without air. But if we have too much of either, we also die. Right. So right. too much water will dilute our electrolytes and screw up our cellular communication, and, and the cells will die. And if we have too much air, we die. So there's, there's, there's balance and moderation in everything. So, uh, everything. I don't feel like the, you know, that started, that trend started until, I don't know, or at least for me, I don't know, about 10 years ago. It needed to start a lot sooner. Balance, you know, that word is so, it's just, it, we didn't, we, especially here in the States. You know, I lived in Costa Rica for eight years, uh, Dr. Ben, and it's totally different over there, I have to say. I did find more balance mm-hmm. living there. Um, it. It really is a word that we could all use a lot more of. And we say it so flippantly, you know, it's like, oh, you got to stop being so stressed. Mm -hmm. And when we overuse these words, they just, they lose their meaning and they don't really excite us to transform. 
But you're right. I mean, we, we absolutely have to balance. We have to identify, you know, how we're going through our day. And when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Are you paying attention to you? Or are you already on something that's externally driving your decisions and your reactions? Are you responding to life or reacting to it? And, you know, I, I like to wake up in the morning and take a mental evaluation from head to toe of how my body is doing and where my aches are or how my brain is, how clear I am, how my anxiety levels are, um, you know, and I, after I do that, then I, you know, my breathing and I say, okay, now, and I say, okay. And based upon how I'm feeling, it's going to dictate kind of my activity level throughout the day and uh, what I'm going to do next and so on. But then I usually, uh, not this week, but usually I start the mornings with, something that is for personal growth or building me up uh, mentally and, and making me a stronger person. So I, I start that way. I don't check my email. I don't start hacking away at to-do lists. I do some personal growth first thing in the morning because that is my opportunity to really be clear-headed and build upon that personal growth and possibly work on it the entire day. And I love the Brian Johnson's app, uh, Optimize Me. And so I have that on my phone. It just takes a few minutes, and I learn something key from him, and uh, I work on applying it. And not everything resonates with me, but at least, uh, you know, I grow. And then Sean Croxton's quote of the day, I look at that too. Um, so good stuff. It sounds like you have reasonable. It sounds like you have reasonable expectations for yourself. And that's another thing that I learned living in Costa Rica was that, you know, we put so much, so much expectations on ourselves besides everybody else, right. on ourselves every day. And in Costa Rica, I learned to take that down to basically zero. It was a really wonderful way to live because they don't really have any expectations. Of course, it, you know, it does have the flip side. You know, everybody's late and, you know, it's, it does have the, the opposite right. effect a little bit. But um it really was a, a nice way to see to see that, um, and it sounds like you start out your day with that reasonable expectations for yourself. You know, you check in, and I think that's really important. That's one of my key takeaways from today is, you know, check in with yourself. Listen to yourself, and don't expect, you know, if you had planned to go to the gym or whatever it was, don't beat yourself up if you've checked in that morning and your body said, eh, you know, it's okay. Don't okay. go. Don't. Go, right. Oh, I should, I should, and, and, and all of that. I don't think you do that. Do you? No. Yeah. No, I mean, see? If you, you check in with yourself, and if you don't feel up to speed to exercise, you don't do it. Don't force it at all. Go for a walk. I love that. Love it. You know, Dr. Ben, you've touched on a couple really important tips, but can you share a few more tips for just everybody? you know, put the genetics away. This is how, you know, top Ben's tips on, on cleaning or keeping clean your, your dirty jeans. Don't dirty your jeans. The top five tips for keeping your jeans clean for everybody. And that's a good point really quick before you start. I want to just say the, the question is, you know, can you clean up your jeans and you can, I mean, that's another takeaway from today is you can clean them up. It's not like you're doomed. And that's key. Right. I really heard that from you today. Well, mm-hmm. I have to tell you yeah. how much I've loved the fact that today was a simple conversation. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't tell you, like, 
you know, just making it simple. It doesn't have to be complex. We're not throwing genes around. We're not. This is simple stuff to keep mm-hmm. yourself well and keep those, keep the genes clean. So yeah. top Ben's top five tips. All right, I would say the first one. It's a commonly used phrase, and it needs to be heated. If you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. So mindset. if you are, yeah, mindset. Yeah. Number one. Number one. It's you know if you think you can, you, you'll do it. If you think you can't, you won't. So if if you're saying I've tried everything and you start losing hope, and you start getting that frustration, that is a downward spiral, and it's not, it's not working. And Dr. Parthamendi's, you know, defined purpose is right there with that. Because if you think you can't, then that could also tie into a lack of purpose. So I would say that would be number two, is Dr. Nandy's, is, is define purpose and define your values, understand your values. Because if your values are not aligned towards supporting and nurturing yourself, then you won't give yourself the time you need to heal. Right, and, and that includes a, an example of that. That includes people's jobs, right? If your job 100%. does not align with your values and your purpose, get out. Don't say, I can't. I'm, I'm too old. I'm almost 50. I, this isn't where I can change. I've got a family. I've got this... Everything will align when you can, when that's, that's correct. My God, that is huge right is there. Huge. Work, work should not be work. I love what I do. I, mean, I right. love it so much that I won't stop. And that's actually my weakness is because I want to keep going. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so I, I need to consciously unplug and be present. When I go on vacation, you know, I, I am now good at it because I'm realizing that you know my boys are boys once and i better be present so i'm present and And i love uh, the fact that your wife probably goes hmm oh honey guess what we're going to go to russia here soon (laughs) that's how she pulls you out that's how she's like he's gonna stop we're headed to russia so put this in your schedule (laughs) am i right that's that's what it is yeah and Uh, and we don't go for a couple weeks we go for a month and a half two months that's what i'm saying I have a feeling yeah. your wife is amazing at realizing when you hit that point, and she's like, "Okay, okay, we're it's go to time. Russia. It's time. <laughs> yep. uh, time to visit yeah. family." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I love it over there. I really do. It's great. And and then the, there'd be another one. Is uh, here we go. The hardest thing to do is nothing. So I, I can't even say anything. <laughs> to yeah. that one with four kids, self-employed, <laughs> I can't even say anything to that one because that's like, that's that's the word. Yeah. I mean, really, how hard is it to do nothing? I mean, it's it's very difficult. And right. so, you know, you talk. Especially in a society who, that thinks you should be busy all the time. And if you're not, you're not being productive if you're not being busy. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, you, you talk to, or you hear interviews or you read books of all the top uh, most successful people out there. And what do they do? They take time. They meditate. They clear their head. They believe in what they can do and they do it. They get it done. And so it's all mindset. You know, the, 
the book title, I can't stand the name, um, but it's Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And just just take that title and say Think and Grow Healthy. You know, I, I bought that book years ago, and it sat on my shelf because I couldn't stand the title. And then I got the Audible version of it, and I, I listened to it on the plane, and oh my gosh, it was so good. And Principles by Ray Dalio is also fantastic. Um, so there's what just a that? ton Dr. of Dr. Ben, you cut out on that second one. What oh, was that? Yeah, uh, Principles by Ray Dalio Okay, is a really good one, too. And then um, there was another uh, very simple uh, thing I had for someone, and it, I lost it. Dang it. I should have written it down. I'm walking. I'm pacing the house instead of sitting. <laughs> so I, I usually in interviews I write things down so I don't forget because um, you know as you're expanding a thought then you, they might mm-hmm. go away and this one just went poof. Um, right. Yeah. That sounds like a thyroid people patient. that think too fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I'll just say another one. So there's I have 26 of these, and so if oh. you go to drbenlynch.com, uh, there's an email opt-in there for the 26 steps to clean your genes. And this ties into a lot of our conversation that we've had today. Absolutely. But they're, they're all actionable steps, and they're not supplements. They're not things that you have to go out and buy. They're not a bunch of things that you have to, to do. You know, some of them are, are you know, like, you know, they're, they're easy, like A, and they're alphabetical. That's why there's 26 steps. I wanted this to be in the book, but my publisher said, Ben, your book's already 350 pages long. We're not putting another chapter. Um, so this, this was another chapter, and it's the ABCs of clean genes, and letter A is avoid. Number one thing to do is remove from your life, but everyone wants to add to it. What supplement do I take for this? What supplement do I take for that? What supplement do I take for this? But you have to evaluate your choices. Dr. Ben, I'm going to put you, put you on the spot for a second. Can supplements mm. make people worse? Oh, 100%. No question. Easy. Yep. That's easy. Yeah, for sure. Right. It is and easy, but it's not easy for, for patients because they're like, well, literally the amount of money that is in people's cupboards on trying to be well, doing that, yeah. that, that type of paradigm is, is profound. It's enormous. You could retire. Right. I mean, Dirty jeans on Amazon is $18.29 as right. of yesterday or this morning. The amount of money that book will save you is staggering. And how much time it will save you is also staggering. So it's, it's so huge. And, and here's the other thing about supplements, which you need to understand, which is really, really important. I went to a major uh, medical conference that focused on genetics. I was not invited to be a speaker, but it's fine. I was in the audience of 1,500 people, and they were all, a lot of the speakers were talking about MT Jafar. One of the doctors raised her hand and asked the presenter, well, nobody's talking about methylfolate side effects. And the presenter goes, well, that's because there hardly are any. They rarely occur. And I was floored, and I, I, was, I, I was out of my skin. And, and then I, what I realized, that was a really powerful moment for me because what I realized is if you do not think that the supplement will cause side effects, it won't. 
If you do not think it will cause side effects, it won't. So if you're a doctor and you, you find that MTGFR is on a lab test and your patient has MTGFR and the solution is to give methylfolate, you fix the problem in your head. So no way can that methylfolate supplement be the side effect. You have anxiety or, or irritability or itchy, crawling skin, or you're freaking out like a madman or a madwoman because of something else, and we need to give you something else for it. And no way can it be the methylfolate because you have MTGFR. That happens all the time. Huge point. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was lit up like, like a Christmas tree, like a circuit board mm. just went. <laughs> went. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> how many people have side effects from methylfolate is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> because, you know, MTGFR testing is, is everywhere, which is great. I think it's fantastic that it is. The problem is it's, it's not being addressed properly. And that's yeah. where dirty genes comes in because it's going to get rid of all this nuance and this nonsense and so, tens of thousands and eventually hundreds of thousands and hopefully millions of people will have read this book and they're going to go to their doctor and they're going to educate their doctor and it's going to transform how genetics is used in practice. And people are going to step up and they're going to realize that they can do a lot of things on their own and not have to shill out a bunch of money for supplements and spend a bunch of money on lab tests and go from doctor to doctor to doctor that tells them conflicting things. Because what I've found out over the years is all summarized in 360 pages and can really influence people to make the right decisions. And that's the reason that you wrote the book. You know, you can't be everywhere. If we could clone you, that would be fabulous, but you can't be everywhere and you can't reach everybody, you know, um, without writing a book possibly. I mean, if you were going to be, you know, on national TV every day or something like that, but, you know, this is the reasonable way to do it. It makes sense, and it can reach so many people. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of only having people on our show that want to promote things, and that's not the way we go about it. We go about it because we believe in what the person is about and what they're saying and what they're sharing, and we want to share that with as many people as we can. I think that's that's what you're all about. And, and I, I think we mm. can do that. And I think buying your book can save people a lot of money. I've, I've read it. I love the, the tips, the recipes, you know, the, um, the, the quick, um, you know, links and things for clean products. It's, it's got so much beneficial uh, information in it. And I don't think that you're the kind of person just from what I know that you wrote it just to make the big bucks. I think you wrote it to help share and get what you know, into a book mm-hmm. to get into as many hands as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's if you if you do something to make big bucks, then you might make big bucks short term, but you first of all your life isn't fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think. And secondly, uh, you're not helping people. You're you're actually hurting people because they, you're taking money from them, and they believe that you're going to help them. And in essence, you're just selfish and you, you want to just take everything that they've got to support your own needs. And eventually that's going to catch up to you and it's going to ruin you. So, you know, karma exists, I strongly believe. And if, mm-hmm. if you go around uh, doing that kind of stuff, good luck to you. Actually, not even good luck. Shame on you. <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, you know, they deserve what's going to happen. And so, you know, I own a supplement company and I could have self-published the book. And I could have filled it full of supplements and I could have, I have a genetics 
reporting tool, I could have filled that full of supplement recommendations. But I, I personally take a few supplements, and my cabinet's full of them. But I, I take different ones on different days depending on how I feel, and that's my check-in in the morning, and I check-in again in the afternoon and the evening. I always check in with myself to see if I need additional support, and that's what a supplement is. A supplement means to add or enhance. It doesn't mean to fix. It means to mm-hmm. add or enhance. Right. And that's the whole point. And so I could have made a ton of money uh, shilling out a bunch of supplement recommendations, but I don't want that because it's, it's, not, it's not right. And genes, it doesn't matter. Like we talked about earlier, you could be taking thyroid meds all day long, but if, if your thyroid is dirty, you know, it, it, it's not going to work well. So cut out the dirt. And so that's what I'm all about. I just want people to get better. I really do. And it sucks when my kids come home and my kids see it too. They're like, dad, you know, this, this, uh, I saw this kid in school and he was acting, you know, all crazy and irritable was, was, was something wrong with him. Did you fix him? And, and when they were little, they would come to me all the time with these questions. You know, when I was coaching soccer, I would have this kid on my team who was, you know, not doing very well. And, and I'd be driving home with my son after practice and, you know, my son uh, asked me, Dad, you know, is that kid, you know, not quite right? Does he need some help? And I said, yeah. And he goes, can you fix him? So it, it sucks to hear that. Mm-hmm. It does, especially when you see things that are that are just so, you know, so sad. Evident. <laughs> I think evident. It's super evident. I mean, personally, <laughs> yeah. I you know, I have, <clears throat> I have uh, dancers and baseball players and stuff like that for kids and, or, you know, uh, for kids. And it frustrates me to no end when people hand my children sugar. I'm like, it it breaks my heart. Now, fortunately, all my kids are old enough now that they will refuse it. They're like, thank you so much, but I'm going to pass because they become depressed. They become irritable. They become, um, you know, and it, it frustrates me because everybody sees kids and they want to give them sugar to make them happy. And, you know, for, I would say, most kids, that's the complete antithesis of the response that you're going to get. <laughs> let, me, let me stop you there, if I may. This is a, a great point. They want to give candy to their kid to make them happy. And who was it? Was it Michael Murray? It was Michael Murray, Dr. Michael Murray in one of his recent interviews with me on the summit, he goes, we give things to our kids to make them happy. Why don't we give things to our kids to make them healthy? Mm. Right. Mm. Such a difference. It is. And we're talking athletes. We're talking athletes. I mean, my girls are almost on point. My, my son's a pitcher. He's a high level baseball. I'm like, this is just, and I, I try not to be that parent. You know what I mean? But but I know for my children, because I know their genetics, that this is literally you could not have handed a worse thing to my child. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and and, there was, and, and for like I said, fortunately my kids are old enough now that they that they get it. You know, they get it. They're like they'll choose something else or, you know, you know, when we get home they'll be like, Mom, can I I'm like, Yeah, do that, you know, but it just breaks my heart because then you have kids that are just bouncing off the walls or they're super moody or they can't pay attention or they can't concentrate in class or they can't, 
you know, even autistic children. I've had so many autistic children parents tell me that's all they'll eat. I just want them to eat. So we have to sweeten it to make it where they'll eat it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's just, too. it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. We're totally off topic, so I apologize. But I, I no, decided. No, really not. <laughs> no. Right? We're not. We are not off topic, right? They're just, yeah. It just, it, it's just, ah, I'm like a purple minion. You know, yeah, I'm a purple minion. And we're here, <laughs> I become we're, a we're purple here minion when I see that. <laughs> yeah. We're talking genetics, right? We're right? talking this, genetics. This whole conversation was, was talking about, talking about Instapar and all these other things. But we're talking about our actions in life that are dirtying our genes. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Let's say, you, let's say you're the, the rarest person on the planet. You did a genetic report and a genetic test, and you are in the report, and you found out that you have no genetic deviance, deviations at all. You have no sniffs. Everything is working amazingly well. Perfect specimen according to genetics, right? Genetic test. But you're still struggling with all these symptoms. You have all these illnesses. You have all these emotional, mental problems. But your genetics are absolutely spot on. And you and your doctor look at the report like, wow, you have no sniffs. How in the heck is that possible? Why are you sick? Because you got your genes dirty. You got your genes dirty because you, your, your parents gave you candy to make you happy instead of food to make you healthy. You, know, you are eating to make yourself happy instead of healthy. You're, you're listening to your cravings versus your hunger and what your body is really wanting. So it's your actions that are dirty in your genes. And so that's why you don't need a genetic report. You don't even need genetic testing. Just understand your lifestyle actions, and that's what the book is all about. So right. everything that we are sharing is actually absolutely on point, and I'm glad the conversation went this way, to be honest. You know, I, the other thing that was that was critical for me is I've never been able to go low carbs ever, 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 because I get I tried. really significantly depressed, significantly yes. depressed. I'm not just talking I'm having a glum day. I'm talking – you better watch out. Depressed. It's on a rampage. It's, right, it's ugly, or she's right? On a and depression so, page, yeah, whatever. <laughs> when I, I got my genetics back, I had yeah. answers for that. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't go. I can't go low carbs. It just doesn't, yeah. you know, I'm pretty even keeled and, and fairly happy and positive. But, man, when those carbs come out, I am just like, you know, Debbie Doomsday. It's bad. It's bad. Are you fast Maui? Do you know if you're a fast Maui? Uh, if, did you say M-O- What did you say? M-O- fast what? M A O A, a fast one. Yes. You burn through yes. serotonin quicker. Yes. So, so you, yeah, absolutely. So when I got my genetics back and reading your book, I was I can't even tell you. I think Dana was the first person I contacted. I was like, see, I can't <laughs> do it. We're talking yeah. about genetics because in the in the health forums, you know, it's it's you know very low carbs and if you get depressed you're burning off candida and all these other things and i was like no it's not that simple it's really not well, i'm like did a, a, uh, a great interview with mike mutzel on this this exact same topic that you're sharing because really? i tried to go on keto okay, I yeah i tried going keto and i i got depressed i can't do it and I, I couldn't. My sleep was also trashed. I, I I couldn't stay asleep. I'd wake up, right? And right. Uh, and, I was, and I I felt like a loser. I was like, I can't do keto. Am I right. am I stupid? Or 
But no, because right. it's I supposed to be genes. healthy, right? Right. I'm right. right there with you. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> but I was. I felt so. It sounds terrible, but I felt so like relieved. I was like, oh, thank God. You right. Know, I'm not just crazy. Yeah. I'm not completely <laughs> not listening to all these really amazing smart people. But I knew instinctively. You know, and my husband is like the voice of reason for me because, you know, he he, he would come into the kitchen and be like, uh, yeah, you know what, this ain't, this ain't working. <laughs> this, this ain't working here for you. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> and I feel like, oh, God, it's not, you know. But When you understand yeah. your genetics at that level, it's pretty sweet. That's where the power mm-hmm. comes in. And again, you don't even need genetic testing because the quizzes in the book, I, I, one of them is, do, do you create carbohydrates? And do you tend to get depressed easily? Do you have difficulty right. staying asleep? And if you answer yes, 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 that's right. a fast Mao A. And if well, you, you try even keto, have the it's going to fail. You have the grading yeah. on there, too, which I loved. I, I just love this book. Like I said, if you need a genetic salesperson and, and a book salesperson, I'm your, I'm your girl. <laughs> I do. You're hired. Let's do it. <laughs> I really am. Seriously. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I think, it's a, I think it's a no-brainer. It's just, you know, geez. Yeah. And what, I'm a one, of my favorite fan. You, one of my favorite things about you, Dr. Lynch, and one of the reasons we were so excited is because you're so, yeah, there's the book and all of that. And you can read it, and it's empowering, and it's fabulous, and it is. But you're also, you know, a theme throughout the show today is, you know, lifestyle, mindset. You know, that you, can't, you don't need to read that in my book. You right. can, my, are... Lifestyle, mindset, those, are, those yeah. are key. That's it. And that's what you believe, and that's the passion, and you can feel it. And Tiffany and I are so the same way, so we were like, we can't wait to talk to him. So this has been, you know, a great, great day for us. Fantastic. We have well, to have you come too. back. We have to ca- right. we have to have you come back and and talk about some some nitty gritties though too. I mean, we literally could talk to you all day, Doctor Ben. We're both huge fans, huge fans. Well, pleasure. Thanks for the invite, and uh, I'm around. So I I do appreciate <laughs> the nitty gritty. I love it. I just found that when I you know I started my first conference in 2013, and I was at the podium for 13 and a half hours uh, over a period of two and a half days. And the poor audience was just destroyed from all the (laughs) science and the the intense biochemistry. And, you know, I was, I showed them how genes work. I showed them down to the genetic level. I showed them all these complex scientific findings and these biochemical pathways. And I mean, it was hardcore stuff. And I did it again the following year. And the following year, and then I realized that all these doctors were not applying the fundamentals. Because then what happened is I would get emails back from doctors saying, well, what you told me didn't work. I said, what do you mean? Well, the patient had MTHFR and I gave him methylfolate. I said, well, you know, that's not what I meant. I mean, I, I, I made an assumption. I made an assumption that doctors were practicing the fundamentals on their patients. Right. And so I zoomed way out. I feel like, actually, honestly, I feel like I've regressed in my teaching. But but it feels so I real. Want to go. You know what's that? It feels so real. Being, you know, it feels like as a you know audience member. Let's just say it feels very real. You're pulling back. It feels 
like I, this is someone to trust. This is someone who's listening, someone who's doing it the right way. You know, after listening to the Genetic Summit, I, I PM Dana, and I said, you know, I just love this man, and this is why. Because in the Genetic Summit, you made it very, very clear that MTHFR does not work by itself. There's mm-hmm. other genes to consider, and, and these things are dynamic. It's not singular. Right. You know, and there's there's a lot we don't know. Would that be a fair statement? Well, so yeah, for, lightly. For, right. So for people, so for people to just say, I have the absolute answer. And what I loved about your presentation in the genetic summit was that you said what we learned was this, you know, this was a a, a contender for MTHFR, and you know things are changing, and and we are learning. And I think for for nothing else, for someone to me, no matter how smart they are, for someone to, to, to say, I've got the absolute, this is it, right, is like, oh, mm-hmm. you lost me. Okay, no need to listen to that person anymore because they're so smart and they have all the answers. And what I loved about you was you were like, we're learning. This is, this is a learning curve, and these things are changing, and they're dynamic, and you were willing to say that as literally – one of the top experts on MTHFR, you were willing to say that. And I, it was huge mm-hmm. for me. I was, I was in. I'm like, okay, this is reasonable. I can wrap my head around it, and it's changing. And, you know, so many people, are, they're unwilling to do that. And so that, that was something that I took away from you at the Gen- Genetic Summit, you know. And it's, it's not just, like you said, this is there, do this. This is there, do mm-hmm. this. Because they all interact with one another and some are expressed some may not be you know it, it's just awesome it really is yeah good well thank you mm-hmm. yeah that was big props tiff i totally agree but the way you said it i'm thinking he's got to hang up and hire this woman <laughs> i mean this is the person you need to go with you or to be writing your stuff because she really and i'm teasing you know but in all seriousness the passion um that you have is evident um just from looking, you know, from someone on the outside, Tiffany feels it. I feel it. You know, I'm hoping that that's not just us. I don't think it is, but just, we just wanted you to know because um, there are a lot of people, a lot of experts, a lot of amazing smarties out there who don't approach it this way. And uh, this is a mm-hmm. way that really resonates with us. So we just that's wanted to That's a great to way to put it, Dan. No. That's a great way mm-hmm. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <sighs> yeah, appreciate your time, ladies. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thank you so much, and we hope to have you back. And best wishes with this book. I know it's going to just be an amazing resource for so many people. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. I look forward to. You know, every day I go on and read the new reviews that pop in, and and uh, you know, it's it's fun seeing that. And we've we're telling folks to use the hashtag Dirty Jeans on all their social media because then I hit the hashtag Dirty Jeans and you know share your story, share your experiences with with the book and you know if there's something that even frustrates you from the book share that and uh you know because i i learned from all these things and, and if there's something in there that you know didn't resonate with you the right way you know hashtag it or you know email my team and uh you know because i this book will you know be receiving updates in the future and and uh you know i already thought of a couple of things um to make it even better so uh, that's the goal just keep improving it yeah, and All I don't right. know if this is on your list or not of um, you know your one through twenty six 
on your website, but you can add that and you can quote me your reasonable expectations and need to be lowered. <laughs> for your yeah, day. that's, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm that's, just that's, that's big. Yeah. I don't think that is on there. Um, thank you so much your team is wonderful Uh, your ladies that support you are fabulous and uh, really appreciate you connecting and and taking the time today we are really fans and and we can't wait to have you back so thank you so much have a fabulous fabulous day Dr. Lynch you too thank you ladies okay bye 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 okay say it yep I think this one takes the cake for me. You know what I love the most about it is he's so smart. And he made it so simple. Like I love the way he took an incredibly complex, you know, subject and made it very simple. These are simple things that you can do to clean your jeans. And who said right? it? Right? Because I have I think to it was admit, it Maya I was kind Angelou of overwhelmed. Said, I was going to say Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou, how do you say her name? I think she's the one who said, you know, someone can teach you something, but the way they make you feel is what you'll be remembered by. The way he made me feel on today's show, not just me, but like the audience, like the way he talked and things, I'm I'm thinking the audience is going to leave a lasting impression beyond what he's taught us. And I just... For sure. It's like a goosebump show. I loved it, Tiffany. One of my very, yeah. very favorites. It was very different. Yeah, I really did. It was because uh, I was, you know, a little overwhelmed because of the complexity and the genetic snips and expression and, and all of these things, you know, and he really made it like, hey, listen, this, this is keeping the genes clean is simple. These are simple things. These are things that you can do and and to fix it. I, I do. I just love it. Honestly, I really, mm. yeah, I really did has to be yeah. my favorite show. And I look forward to having him back and, and, um, but I, I just love the way that he made it doable. And his, his demeanor, his calmness, his brilliance, um, kept very real and felt like you could have a conversation with him. There's so many things, but really, really one of my very favorite shows. And I don't say that, uh, very often. So, uh, no, wow, that don't. was, that was, uh, really special. Um, I won't forget that one. That's for sure. Whew. Okay. Well, let's end this thing since we went over and nobody can hear us live right now, but we can still end this and they can hear on the playback and on iTunes. Okay. Whew. Whew. Anyways, you can find all things amazing. Dr. Ben Lynch at D-R-B-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H dot com, Dr. Ben Lynch. And he has an amazing blog. I'm a huge fan. And uh, also of the Seeking Health products as well. Uh, yeah. And mphfr.net. And mphfr.net. Yeah, I think you can actually connect to all of those through through Dr. Ben Lynch as well. As always, a very, 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 very big thank you to our listeners. We do this for you. If you get a moment and you enjoy our shows, we'd love a review on iTunes. So please do that. And if you've missed any of the shows, you can download them, podcasts, and uh, listen to them at your leisure. At your leisure. Leisure. At your leisure. On iTunes, Snitcher, <laughs> and Google Play. Feeling a little silly today. 
<laughs> Feeling kind of giddy I had to after laugh. that. Your, your voice when you started the show, you were like, welcome. I was like, oh, wow. I was? Really? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our amazing sponsor, thriveprobiotic.com. They as well have a great email list uh, and lots of studies and information to share as well. Thriveprobiotic.com. Make sure to follow Thyroid Nation on all the social media platforms and especially in the Facebook Hashimoto's group because we will share every week's show and how you can connect to that. So make sure and check that out. And really quickly, please join me in, uh, I don't know, three weeks or so, and Tiffany and Jenny and all of my family and everybody that's supporting us for the launch of Thyroid Refresh. We couldn't be more excited to share it with the world. You can think of it as your living, breathing thyroid lifestyle magazine and soon-to-be-launched revolutionary um, product. So really excited. Check us out, thyroidrefresh.com. I'm so excited for you, and I'm excited for the resource. I think it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Of course, we heard it resounding today to listen to your body. It is the smartest, most intelligent most specific resource for you period you got to listen it'll tell you everything you are unique and you have your own built-in diagnostician you just got to listen plug mm-hmm. it in yep right i mean that this was resounding Dana. today yeah mm-hmm. and tiffany thyroid nation thrivers bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together united we heal Thanks, and guys. We See are. you next week. And we are. Mm-hmm.